When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Celebrity Book Club Who's that knocking at the door? It's all your friends, you filthy whore. Your husband's gone and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill. It's Hollywood. It's books. It's gossip. I'm shook. It's memoirs. It's martinis. It's Studio 54. It's Celebrity Book Club Come read it while it's hot. Celebrity Book Club Tell your secrets, we won't talk Celebrity Book Club No boys are allowed Celebrity Book Club Say it loud and proud Celebrity Book Club Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo Hey, hey best, best friend! friend! Oh my god, hey Lily Murata. Uh, hey Stephen Phillips Horse. What another thrill to be with you here on this Monday afternoon recording another episode of our podcast, Celebrity Book Club. Celebrity Book Club, where, what is it we do? Oh yeah, we talk about celebrity memoirs. Hell yes, which means we also read celebrity memoirs. Exactly, oh, we read books. I want to give a quick shout out to our listeners, and also listeners of another podcast that might being known as Five Four. Uh, they're basically our label mates. I've uh, never had a label mate. Um, they're also produced yeah. by Prologue Projects, which is a fucking sick ass podcast production company based Hell out of yeah. Brooklyn, but you know has a lot of international influences as well. Uh, but, but we just want to say hi to you guys. Thank you so much. We know that it's a little a classic, one of those um, when Apple put that YouTube album on everyone's phone <laughs> kind of vibes. Um, so sorry if you're triggered by that, but stick around, stay along for the ride. We think you'll like it because. This week's episode is going to be right up your legal alley. Oh, yeah. You've just been picked for jury duty yeah. because, <laughs> because uh, this four dear is over or it's actually just beginning. Yeah. Report yourself to the downtown criminal justice court center because. <laughs> uh, Senator, I don't object. <laughs> because today we're talking about the only lawyer I know of besides your mother. My mother, not your mother, not my mother. Yeah, no, okay. no, no. Besides your mother and some other lawyers, we're talking about Johnny 
Cochran, Jr. Esquire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. sure he has many honorary doctorates as well. His book is called Journey to Justice. Sidebar, when I was a kid, I thought that all lawyers were women. Fabulous, because <laughs> your she-boss mother was... my she-boss a... lawyer was a mom, or she was... <laughs> she was... <laughs> My lawyer was randomly this mom when I was Sorry, a kid. Sorry, guys, we're having an absolute case of the Mondays today. Um, and we've never talked about this on the pod, and producer Meg kind of really encouraged me to tell our listeners that what? I'm kind of out of it today because I'm on my... Oh, yeah. It's embarrassing, but... Say it. Period. Fuck yes! Yeah, I get Thank it. Thank you, I know, women bleed, and we shouldn't be ashamed. No. Um, is it is it the classic day one? It's task? very day one vibes. So it's very just like, oh, give me Hagen Dazs like right. cramps. I'm wearing sweatpants. I didn't even bind let, today to pod. So, so let me guess, the back of your car looks like OJ's Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> From the socks to the sweatshirt. No, me because I'm always like. So forgetting I have my period every month. So right. I'm always like bleeding everywhere. And then my girlfriend would be like, okay, so the bathroom is a full murder scene. <laughs> and then I'm being so LAPD and cleaning up the crime scene cleaning badly. And <laughs> <laughs> being just like, or no, she's like so firm in, and she's like planting a bloody tampon, but it's like unopened. <laughs> oh, to blame me? Yeah. <laughs> No, and then, no, the blood is everywhere, and I'm like, not mine. <laughs> so the blood is the glove. Really trying to make this, well, this analogy is the classic, happen. Well, this is the classic murder trope stand-up bit where she's like, if men had periods, like right. every bachelor's apartment would look like a crime scene. And it's like, I feel like actually if I did have my period that I would be pretty regimented about it. Well, I well think, maybe sometimes. I think there was a change within you mm. where I feel like when you lived like in your apartment before this, you were like much more like sloppy boots. And then when you got your nice apartment, you just like started becoming a little bit more of a clean freak. Yeah. And so I wonder... When you have something to preserve. Exactly, you to preserve care it. about. So I feel like you were like, ugh, whatever. Like, you know, I can see myself sink. kind of free bleeding like on vacation, but like at my apartment... Being pretty conscious about sheets and stuff. Well, free bleeding is just when you don't put a tampon in. So I don't think on vacation you would just be like no tampons in your like sarongs in Europe. Just like I don't know. I think I would be so sarong on on, in Europe with massive blood stain, no tampon, just bleeding everywhere. I mean, we're kind of rubbing up against like the idea here that I don't really know what (laughs) What period and how much blood is there is and when it happens. Oh, and not to bring up middle school again or whatever, but I remember one of our first conversations was you were like really asking me like so what's the deal with the period and I guess I guess I should have taken notes or something no and clearly I'm not really the one to ask because I still like can't get really a hold of it okay well I forgive you for whatever you're experiencing today because we all come here with our own personal experiences and yes and very much like the legal system everyone comes from different backgrounds and should be treated fairly and in America yeah supposedly you're innocent until proven guilty. But in this Johnny Cochran book, I think he really shows that that ain't true. No. Well, and he shows really the corruption. Yeah, America, I don't know if you guys knew this, yeah. but yeah, America be pretty corrupt. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up. And the police, they're not no. always right. They suck. Can yeah. I say that? No, you can. Just so this, before we kind of get into this book, yeah. like, you know, I'm sure maybe the five to four listeners, they maybe do read a lot. 
Not saying that our club kids don't read a lot, but this was, um, it was a long book, yet it was also small print. As you said, John Grisham style. Yeah. No, when I got this book in the mail, I was just like, am I at the supermarket where they have all the mystery novels? Because this is thick and it's dense and the like font is small and close together. The spacing is, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the Shania book was also 400 pages, but the density, I mean, bring your glasses to work day. Yeah. And All he leaves on. No, no detail on spirit. I mean, he's a lawyer. No, I he love the detail yeah. in this book. And that's really important. But like, you know, there's there's a good like 130 pages on the OJ case. And, and you know, right. I mean, of course, that's the star. But, you know, not even to jump ahead to the OJ stuff, but his detail is so amazing that, you know, I felt he's very our podcast and like our vibe. Cause well, yeah, he's very 90s. And I guess he, he's like in 90s. And he loves a big glass of Cabernet and he owned a supper club. Which... Right. And he like talks about his renovation and just like yeah. his home gym and just like. Or when he says that, like, he's like, yeah, and we redid our L.A. mansion in classic 90s modernist style with clean open spaces <laughs> yes. and clean lines and a home gym. And I did see my trainer four days a week. And I was actually with my trainer when I got the call about OJ. And he's like, and usually that was my kind of my spa, you know, where I didn't hear the phone calls when I was in my soaring, clear, gorgeous gym. I mean, it does sound like such a dream house. Like, I feel like it has a lot of, well, we should maybe talk about this. Yeah, we'll talk about this later, but, um, so basically he's born, you know, little bio on him. (laughs) (laughs) He was so classic human style. He was born. (laughs) Just to really give you the lowdown on Johnny Crockran. (laughs) I was, I was gonna say he was born in the South, but yeah, no, I mean, born vibes. (laughs) Yeah, fully birthed, um, in the (laughs) thirties. So, this was Jim Crow, Louisiana. Shreveport. We were talking South, South, deep and, South. You know his father, like his father sold insurance. Yeah, and that was like, and which talks about insurance was like one of the main like middle class available job for like black men at the right. time. Like either you'd be a pastor, or I feel like could you go to the military? Could you even go to the military yet at that point? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess this would be before the GI Bill. So it was like before even it's pre-World like, War II. Yeah, pre-World War II. Um, so he was, he was too young for World War One. Right. Uh, what were we all? And then... <laughs> yeah. uh, do you wish you could have fought in... Okay, question just... Wait, dream war? Dream war to fight in. Oh, I mean, well, obviously, like, this is this is the Assassin's Creed talking, but um, ancient Greece. I mean, Sparta. Mm. They, they f- actually required you to have sex with your co-workers the male soldiers so they, they had to fuck because yeah because it bonded them oh is that true i mean it was encouraged okay it was encouraged. it was like bond and yeah it was like yes men are men and men should be with other men so it was kind of the golf of that day you know if you want to make a business deal oh go play golf and, and then it was and then at the clubhouse we all know what's happening go fuck those golf shirts come off oh yeah easy. that dr- that dry fit that Nike, dry fit <laughs> Nike polo <laughs> it's not so dry anymore I feel like Johnny Cochran he's very I mean his style which also we'll get into gorgeous style he was like I had amazing style from like he made his you know his parents made you know every Sunday head to toe yeah I mean they're in church for three hours and like everyone is in their church best and in suits and but he when he was just like I was like finding the best ties I could and the best button downs and he's like so there's that picture when he's like in the school photo when when he's 12 and he's already got suspenders on oh I know I feel like we've talked about this and I feel like 90s was like high time for suspenders. Also. Oh, we're talking about your desire. My to wear desire suspenders. to wear suspenders. Okay, so later, just to jump, when he picks the jury for OJ, 
he was like, I know this is irrational, but he says, I will not pick a juror who wears string ties, which I assume means bolos. Oh, like just assume they're going to be like Southern white, right, like, yes, racist, like redneck. redneck. Yeah. So who's wearing bolo ties to their voir dire? Am I using the term voir dire right? What, what's a voir dire? It's, um, it is a legal term. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and Stephanie Phillips Horst Esquire. Esquire. And it happens when, <laughs> in French, voir means to see and dire means to speak. Voir dire. Right. So it's kind of like you're seeing people speak. So I guess that's kind of all court <laughs> is very that because there's a visual element to it. Actually. But it happens, I think, before the trial starts. The O.J. Simpson trial was the first big trial that was allowed to be televised. So that is very voir dire. Well, and yet, though, if he, t- he talks about the Deadweiler trial in the 60s was like that the like coroner's inquest was televised. I feel like there was televised stuff. And the whole wasn't the whole like Black Panther trial like heavily covered by the media? Well, it was covered, but I mean, oh, but like, was it like actual, the actual proceedings every day this were on was, TV? Yeah, the OJ trial was the first thing like you could watch whatever... It was the birth of 90s all-day TV. Right. You could just no, watch and it's the true. full and trial. And CNN was invented like around the time of the Gulf War, and that's like when society really started going downhill. Our 24 because hour information news cycle. became entertainment. Let's talk about it. Um, yeah, I mean, well, okay, we keep saying let's not talk about the OJ trial, but I think— But I guess let's just talk about the OJ trial. So back to my childhood. I remember <laughs> it so clearly— the day that mm-hmm. before the verdict came out, the headline of the Boston Globe was, and the verdict is dot, dot, dot. No. And then we all found out. And I remember being at school and like my nanny, like picking me up in the Ford Explorer and being like, not guilty. And then the next day, the headline mm-hmm. on the Boston Globe was not guilty. It was, it was, it was a two day headline, which was like another, I think, real milestone in journalism. Well, it's also of that time where it's like, When I think about, like, our childhood in the news, it was just Monica O.J. It was Monica O.J. And Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding. Those three things. I remember distinctly, so I don't, I didn't, like, follow the trial so much because we were, we were so young. In 1994, I would have been negative three years old. Um, Totally. Negative 30 pounds. I do remember being in third grade and I remember it being announced and I... I feel like there was a big reaction from all the nine-year-olds, but I truly cannot remember (laughs) if everyone was like... Pro or I I remember even at that age knowing to myself I was just like I thought he did it and I wanted him to get acquitted because I <laughs> didn't want people to get in trouble for things. And I like deeply didn't want people to get in trouble. And I was just like, I know that he did it, but I just feel like, okay, he already did it and we've had this whole trial. Like I think he should just get let off because jail is bad and like you shouldn't send people there. No. And I also just, like, personally didn't like getting in trouble, and I didn't think anyone should get in trouble. Right, and so I, you're like, I'm not trying to go to jail, so OJ well, should. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it's like that I mean, guilt. Hell yes. And, and yes, and I had a, probably a lot of internalized shame as, like, a gay child. And so, like, you're just kind of looking at anyone who has been, had the finger pointed at the best society and feeling this sympathy for them and feeling, you know, uh, that you relate to that. And again, I was also just, like, always worried about getting in trouble for stuff. So I was just like, I feel like him not getting in trouble is good you know, what's good for the gander is good for the goose sort of thing. But that also makes sense of, like, watching this trial for so long. You're getting that you're kind of like, okay, we did this. Yes. Yeah. Right, exactly. No, it's just like, you know, with the whole, I mean, it's like Trump and the whole impeachment. I'm just right, like, oh, like, are we right. still doing this? Let's move on to another trial. Can we trial. move on? Let's get another, you know, it's just like, we already got the new president. Like, let's wrap this up. <laughs> it's really insane that it's kind of like our childhood was the OJ trial and then... You know, and then the rest of our lives, we've just been watching the Kardashians. It's just one long story. It's one long storyline. Well, okay, so, I mean, did you watch the um, American 
Horror yeah, Story. Yeah, that's where I was like kind of wrapping up on the thought. So watch the American Horror well, yeah, Story that, where which was they have phenomenal. so good. I will say, so good. And also in this book, so Johnny Cochran, I remembered how bad after watching that I felt for Marsha Cross. Yeah, and then he talks about it. He's like, he was like kind of saying that they're, fr- I mean, also this is his memoir, so he's going to make himself look good. Obviously. Like, he yeah, was making you can it sound tell- like, they were like good friends. He also revealed that basically she was fucking her co. Yes. Person. Which is revealed in. I feel like they almost the kiss on the show, but then. And she's like, oh. She's like, oh, no. I'm so busy and I have so many binders. And like, it's too late. Or and I'm ruffled in the perm that she gets. And... Yeah. And she was just like lambasted for her perm. So just to give a little background. So Johnny Cochran marries very young and he's like not in love, but he's like, oh, I, so I did the right thing. I mean, he's very like, and okay. I am a man of honor I'm and sorry, I did the, the right thing. The part where he said he didn't beat his wife was a little like, no one asked. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, and I would never strike my wife. And you're like, okay. okay I didn't say you did. And then you went had three times. You're like, and again, I didn't strike her. Well, that was a little sus. he's like, oh, well, she wanted $75 a week for clothes. Oh, and for I, her clothing budget? Yeah, and I was like, fabulous. And he's like, and I only made 150 a week. He made 152 No, she wanted 75 a month, and he made 152 a week. Carry the two. So that's... carry the two. So he's making 600 a month, so 75 That's I mean, a lot. That, I mean, I don't know. That's like, that's maybe 12% of his overall right. budget goes I mean, to clothing, which as it should. Yeah, and his dad agreed with the wife. He was like, well, you got to keep her dressed. It's a little thing she wants. That's because it's meaningful to her. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't the fact that, like, oh, it's clothing frivolous. It's like, well, you know, she could have said, oh, like, She's you um, taking on all these cases is frivolous. Right. Well, and obviously he was probably going out and getting gorgeous ties. Anyway, they get divorced. And then she, like, during the OJ trial, like, Talks to the tabloids and like goes on shows to talk about Johnny Cochran, as does like his other ex. Okay, wait. So the other ex was that woke secretary, Patty, who stopped him in the hall and was just like, they're all like racist at this like building where you're trying to get an office. But like, I think that it's bad. And like, just know that I support you. Right, which was fabulous. And then, like, months later, he was like, and then Patty and I were bonding over our struggling no, marriages. Way. And <laughs> the relationship did go ahead and become more than cordial. I mean, I, I love how formal he talks about sex. And he's like, and we got to know each other. Um, and then we got to know each other even more. <laughs> and then after we well, really like, got to know each other, she did bear my child. He is a Christian no, man. very Christian. He loves his mother. Yeah. It does. Like, his mother was, like, always getting sick, and he was always, like, making banners for her, like, when she came home. And, like, he went to his mother's, like, crypt grave to ask her if he should take on OJ. And she said yes. And she said yes. Yeah, I mean, he really kind of hems and haws about that for a whole week. And yeah. then finally decides to take it on. Which is... Which is kind of insane because they're just like, you're like a hotshot lawyer. You A, you like take on every case, like especially where you think that justice has not been done or the police are wrong or a black man has been like, you know... Well, he said at some point... Unduly accused. His... And this would make you so famous. So why wouldn't you do this? You obviously I mean, I think he was playing out the drama. Yeah, for the book. Okay. Yeah. I do feel like there was a lot of times when he reminded me of another... Cochran-like sounding person, Barbara Corcoran. Mm, Because he is very just like, you need your employees to like you. Go to the city, like, appearances matter. Like, get the right suit. Have the office Christmas party. Like, celebrate your secretaries. No, he's always also like, there's so many photos in this small Grisham large book (laughs) that that are like... It's Grisham size, but packs a lot of punch. So... 
where he's like always like having Christmas parties for like all of his like jurors, which I'm like, is that legal? Legal wait, okay, heads that, wait, write that, it to no, us. No, no. I was wait, like, legal eagles, please sound off yeah. in the comments because this actually was so confusing to me. After he like wins a trial and the defense gets off, he invites the entire jury over to like a fabulous cocktail party at his mansion. Right. And he's like, that oh, seems and we had crab and shrimp and Cabernet Franc. And you're like, um, Sorry. I thought you're like not allowed to speak to the jurors Isn't that, ever. Like, wildly unethical? I maybe after the case you're allowed to talk to them but it definitely seems like he becomes like lifelong no, but, friends with them and he's no, like just invites like, them to Christmas parties every it's year not, it's like literally like day of like, right? yeah. not guilty verdict comes through and then they roll through and it's just like you know I mean, because then you're creating precedent. It's like, hello. Then if the jurors know that, oh, well, if we do not guilty, we're all going to party at Cochran's at later. At Cochran's, hell yeah. Oh, then, yeah, uh, I'm doing not guilty. Um, I mean, as I said, I'm going to do not guilty anyway. Yeah, no. <laughs> Wait, you would do not guilty? Oh, for anyone? Yeah, yeah I pretty mean, much. I'm, I'm pretty, like, not guilty boots. I just feel like... And as someone who has been to jail four times, mm-hmm. I will say, I don't like it in there. And yeah, I don't think people should have to go. Well, okay. I've always felt so also bad, just like for anyone that's murdered because it's kind of like what happened to you sorry did you that say you, you, mur- you feel, feel bad for murderers because it's like oh what for murderers murderers because right. it's like well what happened to you that kind of brought you absolutely to the classic place. empathy vibes yes, yes. no oh, I, i'm empathetic no I, <laughs> I totally agree and i think that like there's there could be some really interesting articles written like with that perspective i'd love to see that talked about more often <laughs> Because I don't think anyone has. No, no one has. Absolutely not. And no one's also talked about how jail is kind of a bad place. It's also, I would, yeah. So if no, anyone is getting inspo right now from what we're saying, yeah, like, definitely feel like, get a think to, piece like, going. Know, get a think piece going. Do some research. Let us know. Criminal justice system, is it all it's cracked up to be? That's what we're talking no, about. No, I know. Today. I'm like, I'm getting a sense in this book that there should be some changes. <laughs> No, absolutely getting the sense of changes. Um, Well, you know, and also what's so damning about this book is he's telling stories about the 60s, about police planting evidence, about police murdering black men in their cars. With their pregnant wives. With their pregnant wives right next to them. On the street. These are all stories that happen today in 2020, in 2021, in fact. No, but the story he tells about, I feel like even in just like this insane Black Panther case where it was just like so where he corrupt. did get off all these Black Panthers and there was an informant because like, there was this whole siege of the Black Panther headquarters by police. Miraculously, no one was killed during that, which was interesting. Big old history lesson in this book. Well, that whole section really reminded me of the movie Sebring, the Amazon original film that I watched recently <laughs> starring, what's her name, lesbian? Uh, Kate McKinnon? No. Jane the, Lynch. The hot one. Uh, uh, Kristen Stewart. Yes. And where she plays, like, Gene Sebring, the French actress who became involved in the Black Panthers movement. Oh, why haven't I seen this? I told you to watch this. Okay, well, well, I'll watch it tonight. Anyway, it's very sexy, and, like, she is living in all of these, like, really sexy, like, 60s, mid-century, like, L.A. mansions. But, like, while she's just, like, fucking this guy in the Black Panthers and becoming this, like... Radical. Radical. But then also being, like, so monitored by the FBI... And Hoover, and he talks about. Well, can we talk about how he like drags Hoover for being? He was like, oh, he was like, Hoover's as racist as like he was gay, secretly gay. Yeah, he was as closeted about his sexuality as what about racism? I think was the was the line, which is hilarious. Yeah. Okay, but here's my question. So you always see that phrase. Oh, Cointelpro. So yeah, how do you say it? Because I, Uh when every time I see it, because people on Twitter are always like saying Cointelpro, and I'm Uh like, do you say Cointelpro? Because that's Cointelpro. That feels. The Cointel Pro. I, I was saying, okay, well, in my mind, say, I was saying Cointel Pro. I, I've been saying Cointel Pro as well, but I feel like 
it comes from counterintelligence program. So you would think it'd be like Co-Intel Pro. Co- oh, Co-Intel Pro. That might make more sense. So Co-Intel Pro was the program that the FBI set up that basically... Was spying on so-called domestic terrorists, a.k.a. the Black Panthers at the time, because they wanted to basically destroy them. Right. And dismantle them in the inside. And they have all these informants and agents provocateurs. And obviously it's so fucked up because they were, you know, offering so much money. So it's like, you know, if you're like, oh, like... Well, like they'll get then I won't get arrested if I like inform. No, I mean, the way this case. Well, then the Geronimo Platt case, as it turns out, like everyone's an informant for like someone else. Like everyone is lying. Yeah, There was no one who wasn't an informant. Everyone is setting up everyone else. It was just like. So it's kind of like when I was reading that, I was like, so what's the point here? And that's always that thing where it's like the FBI hates the cops. The FBI FBI and CIA hate each other. Well, and then there was also the two factions within the Black Panthers that were fighting each other. Right. Because then like they each had a leader and then they each have their own informants. And then no one knows. And everyone's informing on each other. And and you know who's sitting at their collecting the money, collecting all the money is, you know, is Uncle Sam is the whole, you know, the whole system. This whole criminal justice system. Oh, no. And it's a big old cycle. Although I guess Johnny Cochran's also collecting. No, money. he's collecting it. That's the thing. <laughs> because, he's, he has always been like, and I did own a supper club and I owned a sports team and I started an airport. And <laughs> no, he's, it's so funny. It's like, you know, he's getting more successful and more successful. And he's like, and then I opened up my bigger firm. And and then I did um, start to go into entertainment law. And I took on Aretha Franklin and the Supremes and Michael Jackson as clients. And then he'll be like, and I want a case. And like someone did advise me to put it back into the community because I was making money from the community because it was basically just like he was like the high profile black lawyer. And they're like, yeah, maybe like give people back are to so the like community. scrounging up like every dollar they and can not and coming open in with up, this bag like, of like a and, Supper like, club. Please, please, Johnny Gargo, represent me. Because you will get me off. Celebrity Book Club. This episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. Achy back, headache, runny nose, itchy eye, wart on my genitals. So let me guess, you stumbled down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Suddenly I have cancer? Uh, no thank you. (laughs) There are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. Though randoms, I love you, and my TikTok addiction, yeah, it stands. But I'm sorry, Lily, you shouldn't be getting medical advice from some girl in her grandmother's basement in Toronto. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. That's right. Ditch the talk, get the doc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more Dr. Roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Mm, I love a trusted guide, like the time I climbed to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail with a team of Sherpas. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So find your Sherpa at ZocDoc.com. Go to ZocDoc.com slash book club and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Slay. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash book club. ZocDoc.com slash book club. 
Ditch the talk. Okay, so he was representing Michael Jackson. Yes. So it's kind of ironic. I just feel like there you is know, this thing where I it's know. like, That's so yes, like Johnny Cochran is absolutely like a titan of law, but it's also like you could see him as he becomes more successful. It's he's he's more just like I'm going to represent celebrities. celebrities. Yes. And it's just like you go from basically like you know really believing on this political system, like representing like Black Panthers, like people you think that are just like really really oppressed by the system, to representing just like. O.J. Simpson and Michael Jackson in the child molestation case. Yeah, and then he also in his kind of week long where he's going to his mother's crypt and like can't figure out if he should like take the O.J. case. He's like, my beautiful wife, Dr. Dale and I went to the Hollywood Bowl with my very, very good friend, Bill Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> and Bill just has a way of um, joking his way through difficult things to talk about. Interesting. And you're like, huh, I don't know. This, is this like, right, switch of going from like the Michael Jackson case? Bill's got like a roofied teenager on his arm who's like fully <laughs> right. passed out. Johnny Cochran's just like, he just has this funny way about him. He's just kind of a I know, silly guy. He's just guy. this hilarious, silly guy. So if I may read this passage where he's going to Michael Jackson's house. Oh. Well, no, first. He goes to Neverland? Yeah. I forgot about this part. A couple of days later, Carl and I drove to Santa Monica Airport, where Michael's private helicopter was waiting to fly us to his famous Neverland retreat in Santa Barbara County, north of Los Angeles. It is, as the name suggests, a consciously magical place with its vast mansion, private zoo, and dazzling amusement park. There is music everywhere, and the minute I stepped out of the helicopter... I understood that this whole enchanted environment had been decided to reinforce and maintain the childlike sense of wonder, so crucial to Michael's art. I remember turning to Carl and saying, we can't let this young man be taken down. He told us he's innocent. Yeah. Yeah. He says that a lot about OJ, too. It's always just like, like, he he said he was innocent. It's like, that's what people do. Oh, I guess. They really do say that they're innocent. I guess (laughs) as a defense lawyer, when someone tells you they're innocent, you just have to go, okay. Yeah. You're just like, got it. Well, okay. Also, you watch a lot of All Rise. I feel like a lot of defense lawyers, and I may be absolutely wrong here, legal eagles tell me, I feel like a lot of defense lawyers don't straight up ask their clients if they're innocent or guilty. Yeah, I mean, okay, on All Rise, again, which is a documentary. That <laughs> yeah, I really a CBS procedural documentary. <laughs> um, the public defender who, like, does a lot of the cases. Yeah. She's always just being just like, I don't want to know. Like, don't tell me that. She's always telling them, like, stop telling them about a gun or, right. like, something that they had. Or, like, some, she's always trying to, like, prevent them from admitting something that like, she can't hear because she's just trying to do their best to help them and like right she's like let me just do system. the evidence and we're just kind of go with the yeah, not and she's always trying to find some other like procedural reason why like the evidence should be thrown out or I mean speaking of procedural reasons why the evidence should be thrown out I was actually quite surprised mm-hmm. that Shapiro so who Shapiro who is played by John Travolta in the right. show <laughs> Who, um, speaking of more closeted than they yeah, are, yeah, more closeted or man. whatever. Um, okay, Bob Shapiro. Another note I wrote down. I was like, God, lawyers are absolutely insane. He like Johnny Cochran is lead counsel, but before it was Bob Shapiro, and Bob Shapiro like comes back to their offices and lies, and he's just like, Well, OJ told me himself he wants me to be head counsel, and Johnny's like, No. Johnny's like, No, I know. He's been begging me. He's been calling me for weeks. Like, I had to go to my wife's crypt. <laughs> like, being like, I'm desperate for you to represent me. Like, Shapiro is not a trial lawyer. Shapiro does nothing. I mean, he basically says that Shapiro is horrible, but 
he assembled the dream team. And right. so he deserves credit for that. But yeah, and then in the trial, it's like Marsha is like him. They're joking about how Shapiro's an empty suit. And she's like thinking it's horrible. So I'm like, okay, so you're saying you're friends with Marsha. No, I think he had a lot of sympathy for Marsha because, I mean, he says also like we only had like a little bit of time in the beginning when we were like joking. And there was like some small photo of them like smiling. And obviously things got like absolutely tense afterwards. But he's like, I felt bad for her because like all my ex-wives like talk shit about me in the tabloids. And this case was insane. But like I had my wife, Dr. Dale, who kept our beautiful modern immaculate. home. Immaculate. for me to come home to. And he was like, and Marsha was like the most like insanely stressed out single mom whose ex-husband tried to get custody of her kids. And like he submitted like nude photos of her to the yeah, I mean, This and, all happened on the show. I mean, uh, yeah. on that other documentary that Brian Murphy <laughs> show that we watched but like it is kind of a joke and he does he makes it seem like it that was very accurate because like he just is in his like expensive suits and like going to his huge Big gorgeous modernist yeah. house every day and she's coming in like so kerfuffled <laughs> and like right. spilling so much coffee on her binder and just like and they're like such a mess right and it's so like oh I need to bring my kids to school and he's just like there like looking fab what I was quite surprised by mm-hmm. this was a bit of a kind of a legal shock to me was that Shapiro thought that they were going to be able to get the glove dismissed and oh. he was he thought they, they were going to be able to get the glove suppressed in prelim mm-hmm. and that therefore the whole trial would get dismissed at prelim they would just be like okay fine we, wow. they, we don't have the biggest piece of evidence wait have you seen the actual the trial I've seen the, I wa- actually recently I feel like watched clip. the footage of the glove and it Tim- really Okay, here's my thing about the glove. I think he's so clearly acting. Yeah, it is the most like fully like theater camp. It's like, like he's full, like UCB boots. <laughs> full UCB <laughs> glove vibes. Like he's like pulling it on like so hard and being like, oh, oh no, there's doesn't. no way. Also, here's my thing about the glove. And again, like I also Are don't. Are you talking about the uh, the plastic gloves they have to wear underneath? Yeah, it's like you're wearing. You're a, already wearing another glove. The plastic like, gloves. Also, a lot of the times, like. I don't know, you buy ill-fitting gloves. I don't know even if you're a celeb. Yeah. I guess I just think, like, hats and gloves, like, it's kind of one size fits all. Yeah. Like, fits like a glove? Like, that phrase is actually <laughs> no, kind of wrong. off. Like, and let's and talk to the English language It would actually that. make sense that maybe he would use his pair of ill-fitting gloves oh, yeah, to, to murder. I mean, again, it's like <laughs> all of the discrepancies and, like, you know, the idea that the police would have planted evidence is completely reasonable and just like a 100%. And like all of these different reasons, like why wasn't there more blood in the car in different places? If the, like, there are so many things that suggest that there could have been plantings. But at the end of the day, you're just like, who the fuck else did it? Well, I Googled today because that was my thing. I was like, okay, so the first search also was such a- his wife in the 80s or whatever. Well, and they have like, right, they have Nicole's sister, like, you know, saying like, he beat her. Yeah, like they have phone calls. Like, like men there's are always there's killing their ex wives. Duh. Right. So it's like this is the new boyfriend. And then I googled like who are the other like Reddit suspects? And of course, Quara.com oh, came yeah. up. By the way, somehow, of course, my spam ass. I get emails from Quara yeah, every you day. You are very Quara pill. And I think I've like clicked on them so many times that they now go to primary. They like don't Stop. go to, they don't go to promotions. But the headlines are always so crazy. So I keep on clicking on them. It's always like, my little brother murdered someone. Should I still give him a birthday party? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Quara pilled. But then there was some of the other things on Quara 
they were saying was that like, and who knows if obviously any of this is true, was another waiter at the restaurant, restaurant. Mezzaluna, where Ron worked, was right. also murdered around that time. And was it kind of a food and bev murder, actually? Is that true? I have no idea. Okay. But that was on Quora.com. <laughs> well, I'm, a, I'm obsessed yeah. with that theory. No, and then I was like, so well, So there was fuck. this bigger food and bev ring. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always just feel like, I also feel like, hasn't Kris Jenner said that like she thinks that she did it? Yeah. yeah. And I feel like Kim is like, Mom, I don't want to talk about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like... Because they are so also like going to their dad's like crypt. Yeah, they're so asking a crypt for they're permission so to like. They're so me, if you know what I mean. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do yeah. know. Um, as one reviewer said, you're obsessed with your dad's death. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the ground, bitch. Move on. A journey to justice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, to me in the column that he did it, <laughs> right. it's Chris Jenner thinks it, A. B, like the sort of whatever the evidence that like. <laughs> The trail of blood from like Delway Hive to Rockingham, where we are. They always call the houses like by the street names, which yeah. is like so. Kristen Cavallari calling her other house like, the Rockingham Bradford or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, like that is in the column of he did it to me, and then also the fact that like he is like still sketchy, and he also wrote that book called If I Did If it. I Did It, which and is it's kind of just like so you're saying you did it <laughs> to me. And but I what I'm not putting in that category is the fact that he did run and the whole Bronco chase because like, yes, because to me I'm like though that I get because hello the police are so racist and just like you don't know what to do and like maybe you got scared and like that to me I'm like I think at the time people like that really sealed the deal where they're like oh he must they're have like, did oh it. if you're running you're Why not but it's like uh, police are evil yeah police are evil and you have no idea they could have shot you on the spot right. who knows they could have planted more shit in your car right. and you smeared you it with more of trial. my period blood exactly um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's also his like crime that he went away for for 33 years I always find completely insane it was like a memorabilia heist I could really see myself if I was to go away to the big house, it would be for what OJ went away for. He was taking back his oh, own sports memorabilia. like a bobblehead from like a Vegas <laughs> Yeah, it was mall. like Vegas. So he was like <laughs> taking back like bobbleheads and trophies and like no, trading you cards. you would go to jail for a doll heist. <laughs> oh my God, wait. Doll stuff. So to our listeners, to all the listeners, I'm addicted to buying dolls, and I've I've stopped myself because it's weird. And I, I'm, I have the way a, you said it's weird with just like so little conviction, like you were actually just like at that, like <laughs> like you're at your parole hearing, like no, and I've stopped it, and it's I'm weird. Sure. I promise, Your Honor, I don't like dolls anymore. I'm not salivating <laughs> over the prospect of a vintage Dr. Evil doll still in its original case. They pull up, they take my laptop, they take my eBay searches. I'm like furiously trying to clear them. I'm like, vintage Johnny Cash doll that sings. It's like the entire cast of All in the Family. <laughs> yeah. like. So I just want to talk. Quickly, how Annie Leibovitz did a photo shoot of the entire Dream Team before the OJ trial began. And Johnny Cochran was, like, so proud. He was like, and I said, I had no time for the Annie Leibovitz photo shoot, even though she is an absolutely amazing artist. (laughs) (laughs) And then he calls OJ and he's like, yeah, the rest of them, they all went to the Leibovitz photo shoot. But I actually have work to do in your case. And OJ is like, hell yes. Like, I didn't want you to go to the photo shoot. That's so Bethany of him. (laughs) I know. Like, um, this is actually a fucking business. This is a business, and my (laughs) time is valuable. Wow. Um, go off. Yeah, I know. 
I, I want to see those Leibowitz photos. I mean, I think it's like it's another example of him kind of trying to play both ways where he kind of like he is bemoaning like the turn from information into entertainment and like the Rise 24 News and like the celebritification of like every job and like every industry. And it's like and the sort of like the besmirching of like the legal names. But it's right. just like you. He's such a huge part of You're that. the biggest celebrity you're lawyer. A, yeah, you're the biggest celebrity lawyer. And you're just like you absolutely like use entertainment like you know, for good, but also for bad. And it's a double-edged sword. And you absolutely love to just, like, reap the benefits of fame and fortune. And just to kind of add on also of him being like, I'm, because he's like, my children are my dream, and I'm the best father in the entire world. And it's like, they probably see him, like, hardly ever. But then he's being, like, very just, like, divorce court proceedings where he's like, and then my ex-wife just, like, she started talking about me on Meet the Press, and my son was in finals at that time, and it made him so stressed out. He had to spend the night at my house, and he's very just like, I win. And that's kind of like, he's do we need to be so petty here? Uh, I mean, divorce is petty. Yeah, it's petty boots. And he's like, and I have always like given my children and my ex-wives so much money and i mean look it is shady that his ex-wives like went on to talk about it but it's like he was on tv every day they probably wanted a piece no, of the pie I know. too I, yeah it's just like you know pot kettle right and like and he talks about how he had to like in one of the like opening stages of the oj trial he was also like going to like family court across the street for like his wife was like fighting him on something and yes. he had to like run he had to like run across and then he was late getting back and then he was like in contempt for like being late because he was like doing the family court and he was just being like oh like crazy day in my crazy life with my crazy <laughs> right, ex-wife yeah. and like again being so Bethany and just just yes. like I have so much on my plate and like no one realizes how insane it is to be a high-powered superstar celebrity lawyer Segments, how do you plead? Segments, approach the bench. Your Honor, I segment. <laughs> okay, what does she eat? eat? How does, does she live? live? What does, does she, she wear? wear? So, what does he eat? What well, does he eat? Let's pull up the passage okay. where he talks about the supper club that he owns. I mean, he has decadent tastes. But I think he has high cholesterol I mean, and he's, he's changed so his ways. I mean, he's so like the wife is probably like Dale was probably just being like, no, stop salting that meat and like making him have a Caesar salad. But the Caesar salad is like so covered in dressing. So that's the thing, right? He's, you know, he grew up on your classic soul food and he's just like, obviously like loves, you know, that. But it's meat, the 90s. potatoes, dairy. Right, chicken. Yeah. You know, the works. Talk about cage-free. They were ringing the chicken right before dinner. Right. So no, it was super organic. That's the thing. It's not like this is one thing. It's always just like there's five different dishes. Right. It's like there's chicken, like greens, right. peas, the coconut, pineapple cake. There's right. Like there's that, always there's, cake before right. lemonade. But oh, his you know his family they were so devout, so they were not drinking. But he drinks. He drinks, yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure in a very, like, measured way. I'm sure his... Okay, let me read the passage of a supper club and then we'll talk about his wine cellar. At the time, another lawyer, Frank A. Evans Jr. and I, owned a supper club in South Los Angeles called quote-unquote There. Wait, that's the most incredible name. It's so fabulous. There. There. (laughs) Meet you there? 
Meet you at there. Meet you at there. Let's go. Let's go to there. There. I, oh, that's so fun. I bet it's not open anymore. Can we restore there? Yes. I would love that. Go find the there restoration project with its mahogany paneled walls, warm lighting, top light chef, and congenial bar. Is that how you say it? congenial bar? Oh yeah. The club soon became a popular hangout for local sports celebrities. Muhammad Ali was a frequent visitor. The opportunity to rub elbows with sports stars, along with courteous professional service, which I'd learned to recognize in my catering days, quickly made there a favorite spot among the city's grand black middle class. It would be years before diet and discipline became synonymous in the American mind. And our kitchen was very much a creature of its time. A typical Sunday brunch at there, for example, would, in the words of our menu, start with king crab cocktail supreme, move on to a terrine of soup du jour, followed by prime rib of beef au jus, roasted according to an old English recipe in our specially designed ovens. Fabulous, by the way, yeah. that they have like special ovens. It's very au stove. Yeah. And finish... Sorry, I'm getting so hungry. With cheesecake in a hot cherries jubilee sauce to accompany our meal, we suggest a bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon. And that he's quoting his full menu here. And then he goes, my cholesterol level notwithstanding, that still sounds pretty good. So he's saying that that's He's saying that. I think he's basically admitting, though, that that means that his wife is now being like making him have a wedge salad. Oh, instead. yeah. But like the wedge is still just like bacon. Yeah, it's Cobb boots. It's Cobb. <laughs> I think it's very like he's working so much. I don't think he's eating during the day. Like I think his secretary's bringing him cappuccino. He also roasts some other lawyers for getting cappuccinos. Yeah, I think he likes faggot food. But you know what I bet he does <laughs> like, I will say, and I and I know this from you know, when I used to work in politics, working downtown you're near the courthouses. And oh that, yeah, that court food. That kind of court vibe. I feel like he's very pea soup. Oh, didn't see that coming. I think yeah, actually, that makes a, a lot, a lot of sense. more high-powered lawyers than you think have soup because it's just in a small cup and you can kind of like come back to it like but you can eat it quickly like it's not actually that messy it's surprisingly not that messy even though it it, has liquid because it's just it's very contained no i see he's buzzing he's like jan can you get me my soup and it's like a bottled water and he's getting on his table it's an evian maybe half a blt and a pea soup you don't even think there's a BLT there. Yeah, yeah. It's just I'm saying, let vibes. me stop you right there. <laughs> so, I mean, that makes sense, Rick. It's like, I mean, and he's working out four times a week at his beautiful Because what, what you gym. don't want, and here's why the sandwich is a no-go, you bite in and that mustard, that sauce squirts on your soup. Oh, also, no, it's it's the huge tie. That's so 90s. Mustard on the big mustard white tie. Mustard on the big tie, white, tie. white tie. And then you're dabbing it with your, I don't Nothing know, I'm pounding good. my chest right yeah. now. In, <laughs> Gorilla <laughs> boots. Creating a dab. Okay, I also feel like it's very lawyer to be, he comes home and they're like, you gotta eat. And he's like, I'm going to my study. Yeah, yeah. He's too exhausted. By the events of the day to even eat. Uh, okay, what does he wear? Well, as we were talking about, he is a dapper gentleman. Absolutely. He likes a double-breasted suit. He likes... You know, gorgeous suspenders. I think a bold tie. A wide tie and a bold color. And I feel like it's, you know, it's a very 90s. It's a pleated pant, double-breasted suit. I will, so even on the cover of this book, he, um, he's got a little cross pin on his lapel. Very oh. Christian. Also... Pocket squares, oh, as yeah. every man should have. Absolutely. Gorgeous. And I think, I mean, it is like a wide tie, but it's not like so insane pattern because I feel like he is like, well, we are in a courtroom and like, 
you know, it's a slight pattern. It's not the craziest. No, it's not such a dad tie that's like so kooky and like golf clubs. and. (laughs) (laughs) It's like not such like a Christmas tree or whatever. Turkeys. Yeah, like silly turkeys. (laughs) And Santas. Um, And then I feel like when... What's his casual wear? Just like golf shirt? That's what I was saying. I think it's like golf. It's dry fit, polo tucked in or it's like so nice i mean i do like, we should say he is dead so yes r.i.p yeah i don't kind know if they like, had if the dry fit maybe the dry fit i think it's like invented uh, back then okay so it's cotton or it's like thick plain like t-shirt. it was an old school like golf polo from like the bahama breeze yeah it's from whatever, like the ritz carlton bahama barbados hotel, yeah. hotel tucked into sweatpants like yeah. very crisp very 90s. tucked into sweatpants High socks, and then he's like doing like a '90s exercise. Okay, did them. like the part about Ojo here was like, uh, hello, like they were dress socks. He wouldn't have been wearing dress socks with joggers, right? He's so fabulous, and he also won't, along with the bolo ties, he won't admit a juror who wears white socks. Okay, wait, what? He says no white socks and no string ties. Okay, well, that's crazy. Yeah. Because everyone wears white socks. Well, I guess he's thinking like, if you go to a courthouse, you dress up. Like, don't show up in your gym socks. Again, this is so Bethany. I'm <laughs> yeah, saying, like, I mean, this. I'm watching her new show on HBO Max, which is obviously insane. And which I need to watch. She's, like, freak Because this one, like, the, like, social media influencer girl who's, like, competing for this new job with Bethany. She's like, who shows up to a job interview in a crop top? <laughs> I can't believe she was in a crop top. And, like, the girl's wearing the most, like, insane leather, long-sleeve bustier. Like, it's technically a crop top. And, like, wearing so much makeup and jewelry and 18 hats. And, like... No, and that's why he's so quirky. And like, I do think if he was alive today, and rest in peace, Johnny Cochran Jr. Um, Esquire, I could see like him and Bethany having a show. Him, Bethany, and Barbara, just like right, on the like tank. he, he would could, be so. On he the would tank. definitely be on the tank. Yeah, and just like I feel like Mark Cuban would actually be like kind of bowing to him. Oh yeah, and be like, you know, you paved the way, right? Because also at the end of this book, like after he's just like, and the justice system is corrupt and everyone's racist. He's like, and also I became a sports agent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, never stop. That's the thing. No. Always expand. I I wanted to become, after I saw Jared McGuire, I really wanted to become a sports agent. I was really inspired by that film. Did you ever do anything to pursue that dream? Well, I played sports. So that's a no. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's a no in your eyes. But I got to know, you know, how the teams worked in and out. I, you know. Okay, fair. I mean, you were immersing yourself in the lingua franca of sporting. (laughs) But you never said, hey, like, do you even go on your favorite website, Quora, and see what (laughs) it takes to become a sports agent? Well, because then I transitioned into the dream of hoteliers, which Which I also... Which is still the current dream. Which is still the current that I haven't fulfilled. Well, why don't you, have you looked that up on Quad? I remember my parents were like, well, you know, Cornell has a hotel school. And I was like, okay. At what point did you realize you weren't going to go to Cornell? (laughs) (laughs) What point in your high school career were you like, huh? This was, I think once I even had hit 14, I kind of was like, Cornell's. Yeah, I'm not getting not the vibe. Good, no, I don't think <laughs> Cornell's for me, and I don't think I'm for them. No, I don't. No, it was a right. mutual no, it was a, Honestly, it was mutual. <laughs> yeah, totally. It was totally chill and mutual, absolutely. Okay. Um, How does he live? We have discussed. I mean, he says it in great detail. Gorgeous, modern, Modernist, clean lines. Clean lines. I picture the furniture very, like, custom curved like I was picturing couch. right I feel like there's kind of like it's pink tones I feel like it's very light like I kind of feel like he is like this mama's boy and yeah, it's like it's there's a femininity to it mm-hmm. 
There are, there are pinks and lavenders. There's for shams. Sure. Yeah. And it's a lot oh, of carpet. Shams on the beds, you mean? Yeah, shams on the bed. Yeah. But I think in his entertaining area, like... Big ass dark hutch? No, I think it's a little more oh, it's 90s. So 90s. It's white like white built in. It's all like... White yeah. built in or like this like glass black huge I know system. what you're talking about. Yes, the and they have that that it's very satisfying to press them open and close the bla- that black glass. Yes. yes. He probably has like a screening room, but I feel like he's the type of person that while he does love like vacationing, like I don't think he really can relax and watch a movie. Like he watches football while he's working, you know. Totally agree. He seems like he's very like Adderall Boots, but like without Adderall. Like his time to relax is with the trainer. Can I also say something that might shock you? Sure. Fake plants. Yep, I agree. Yeah. He doesn't have time to water. No. I think he's got big fake plants like throughout the house. And some of them are in kind of like. Well, it's also very 90s. Like no one was really like. Plant care was not. No, he wasn't like a totally witchy femme, like getting succulents. But there were people in the My succulent is my boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Can't keep a succulent alive past one month or a relationship. You might be me. Um, But I do feel like there were people in the 90s who, I mean, you're right. Like, I'm pretty sure my parents had fake plants also in their house. And like, at just one point I was like, oh, wait, this is fake. It was very like when you're eight and you're like, okay, so Santa's not real and this plant is fake. I remember we had this one planter and I'm like, who was watering those hose? And then maybe it was fake. I think they were real and I think they died. But I am saying I do think that, like, there were rich people who have, like, gardens for sure that are meticulously maintained and gardeners and all of that. Well, is that more L.A. and, like, before the whole water crisis? Greenhouse. Oh, yeah. And they were just shooting those sprinklers left and right. Yeah. And now it's, like, more um, woke to have, like, a mulched yard or whatever or stone or, or stone whatever, landscaping right. japanese rock garden etc absolutely i just think he like right things were low maintenance for because even like dr dale like she was holding it down at the conquering fort yeah i mean what i mean okay on the show she's just like in like a silk nightgown like waiting i feel and like the whole show was just her being like oh, rolling around like these like silk sheets in a silk nightgown just being like johnny like you're late again well it's like it's very like 90s sitcom when like the mom of the show is wearing just a floor length silk nightgown and then the audience is like ooh, <laughs> and he's like Oh, Miss Cochran, <laughs> it's good to see you. And she's like, it would have been good to see you two hours ago. <laughs> Storms <laughs> off. Your dinner's on the table. And again, it's like yeah. a cob. <laughs> <laughs> cob stuff. Okay, I think. Yeah, so who are you in the book? Oh, who are you in the book? Who are you in the book? Um... Are you Lenny Bruce who's disheveled and he thinks talks out of line about just like something? Early in the book, he's like... I'm famously feather-ruffling comedian Lenny Bruce. Yeah. And he was like, I could smell the alcohol on his breath. He was unshaven. And his jokes went too far. Yeah. I think I would offend Christian Johnny Cochran. And this is when he was worked for the DA. It was like he hadn't gone to defense yet. Yeah. So he was... He was probably uh, his most sort of stiff and conservative. Yeah. Yeah. And I do also think that like people of uh, like a Johnny Cochran experience will like see me and be like, I feel like my parents' friends are always being like, hey, you want to stand a little closer to the razor next time, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) Like when you don't have the most like perfectly clean shaven face, they're They're just like anything other than that. It's just like, whoa, this is crazy. (laughs) 
<laughs> Though Johnny Cocker does love, he was like, and I do regret when I stopped talking to my friend Elaine Shulman in fourth grade because we heard her parents were communists. And I will regret that for the rest of my life. Wow. Anyway, but yeah, I think he's like a little so like. So what you think you're Elaine Shulman, whose parents are communists? No, I was just saying that, like, he is, like, sketched by Lenny He's sketched, you know, he is sketched by people, and then, like, pretending that he is, like, not sketched by them later. Right. But. Am I one of his ex-wives who goes to the press? You're just absolutely, just no shame. <laughs> no shame at all, being like, well, fuck, I'm going on TV. No, aren't you the guy, the, like, surfer guy who lives at OJ's house? Oh, yeah, he was, like, he was just chilling there as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just, like, <laughs> and I'm, like, oh, wait, You're, like, fuck. okay, randomly I'm a key witness on a murder. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Kato, that's his name. Kato, yeah, very cool. Fuck yeah, dude. All right. Awesome. Surfer stuff. Okay. Well, I give this book. I mean, if you're a huge Johnny Cochran head. <laughs> Which, you know, there aren't enough of them anymore. There aren't. And like, I would say he also like in a legal way, he does spill tea. Like, you know what I mean? Like in his way, no, he does. He does. And he is giving you like the full play of pain. Like, he's not like he is saying that like Shapiro's in a few suit. He's like saying this about the other characters. Like. It's kind of a tell-all, and, and maybe it's kind of impressive also that, you know, this book came out like, 96 or whatever. And right, like, like, he really... He really was speaking... I wouldn't say truth. speaking truth to power, but speaking truth. Yes. Because, like, um, he is in power, and, and he's also kind of... He's just being like, and Judge Ito was a great guy, and just, like, he's also just, like, complimenting everyone that he works with. Right, he's like, like, oh, he's like, he had kind of a naughty sense of humor, too. Oh, yeah, an impish, impish. sense of humor. And I was like, impish, and so that was actually a word I looked up. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so if you want to work on your vocabulary, definitely read this no, book. No, it's kind of a good history lesson. And if you I want just, to learn about kind of like more is, horrible things cops have done and just kind of through. No, I mean, I, I was like the part about the Black Panthers. Like I was like really turning the page yeah. and like that was quite thrilling. The thing about this book, though, is I feel like, you know, if you're into this stuff, you probably already know all of this. Right. And you could like... <laughs> Some of those parts, I'm like, I'm not getting anything I wouldn't necessarily get from the Wikipedia or, like, a documentary or whatever. Yeah, I would a little more like a Johnny Cochran doc. Yeah. But I, I also, love the And way... I do feel like there's a lot he's not saying when he's just being like, and I love my kid and, like, I'm a great husband and I never hit my yes, wife. Anyway. As we were saying that. Like, right. I guess it's, like, it's a good where he goes through also the cases fast and that I did, like, when he was like, and there's, like, this, you know, fucked up case and you're learning about the FBI. So it kind of tips you off and you're like, well, let's get, you know, deeper into it. Yeah. But the OJ stuff, it's kind of like, well, we do know about it. We but. do really know. But imagine you are... You know, in a 1997 woman eating your Cobb salad and this book just came out. You'd be oh like, my finally, God, I'm getting no. the other side of the dirt that I didn't get oh, watching yeah. this televised trial. No, I'm having a latte or I'm sipping on a Lipton brisk with my salad. Yeah, I'd be really digging through it. But I guess it's a little the gossip is, you know, a little old for us now. But I also do like the way he is kind of so fab and just and I wish there was more of that when he just is like, and just right before I talk about this case, let's talk about my home gym. So, yeah, 
I guess I'm giving it two and a half out of five John Grishams just because, like, this is a thick, long book and I can't really imagine actually reading it, like, if I wasn't doing this podcast about it. I, yeah, I agree with you. Or also I wouldn't be like, oh my God, like, you're going to die at this part when, like, he talks about, like, Bob Shapiro telling him that he should do less speeches at libraries. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not, I don't know. So, yeah. fully getting spilled. Um, Two points. 0.5 suspenders out of five. Wow, five suspenders. That's going to be tough because usually they come in a set of two. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, have fun with that math. <laughs> Maybe if you're like a folk of one-armed experience and you only use one, <laughs> one suspender. <laughs> Next week, we're going north of the border for another duo. Grab your hammers and grab your Levelers. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready for a renovator's dream when we tackle the one and only Canadian family duo, the Property, the Property Brothers. Brothers. And their memoir, I, which I forgot the name of. It's just like Demo Day or yeah. Property Brothers. This is how we run out. Yeah, down to the studs. Um <laughs> I'm super really excited. wicked excited. As you know, I'm addicted to the Property Brothers mobile game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, you would rather kind of read the memoir of the creator of their mobile game. It's called It Takes Two, which is also the name of American Ashley Olsen film. Right. Uh, One yeah. of their best flicks. Oh, are you? Uh, I didn't know you were such a scholar. Well, I guess it's the only movie that came out in theaters and the rest of them were straight to video. We saw New York in theaters, I feel, in high school. Oh, that's true. Call me in. Okay. Um. (laughs) Erasing their teen years. Oh, sorry. Did they get too slutty for you? Oh, you only like the old suits when they were four years old and in little pink dresses. Yeah. Because that's how you like your kids, Michael Jackson. Why don't you go call Johnny Cochran up and have him defend you? I'm sorry. Michael Jackson is a wonderful musician and those kids just want fame. (laughs) (laughs) They are leeching off of him in the hard work that he's done to bring America together. Neverland is just an amazing zoo, okay? No, it's it's literally a zoo where they actually are nice to the animals, which you rarely see anymore. And if you really cared about zoo life, then you would know that he's amazing. I stopped going to zoos years ago, unlike your ass. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Actually, I'm such a zoo. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, y'all, thanks for listening. And you Thank know you what to s- do. Thank you so much for listening. Like, this was such a joy to go on this journey to justice with oh. all of you. Oh, sorry. Order in the court. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the verdict is this podcast is over. <laughs> Uh, clock clock recess <laughs> alright y'all rate subscribe the works follow us at CBC the pod um, and we will see you next, next week next week ciao ciao court is adjourned <laughs> best best <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Celebrity Book Club is presented by Prologue Projects and Hadgum. The show is produced by known criminal Meg Bernane, with editorial support from Judge Leon Nafok, the Honorable Andrew Parsons, and Madeline Kaplan Esquire. Our production manager is senior prosecutor Persia Berlin, engineering by Ferris Monchi, who is sadly on a hunger strike in prison. Original theme song by Stephen Phillips Horst, who is handcuffed at this very moment. Artwork by Teddy Blanks at Chips NY. Um, 
which is a small um, legal defense team that helps people who are in need. Um, so please do donate to them. Follow us on Twitter at CBC The Pod. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Best. <laughs> if a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.